Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Wicker Park. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen the film, just be aware that the very convoluted plot will be spoiled for you. Enjoy. There ought to be a law, get the sheriff on the phone. Lord have mercy, how she even gets them bridges on? That honky tonk, but don't you Hello. Gonna take my rub to the podcast road, we're gonna... Talk about film some more. <laughs> old Town Road. That's very you know good. that song? A little bit of Old Town Road trivia for you. Yeah. Did you know that it's a Nine Inch Nails um, sample? Is it? I was yeah. wondering about that. I was think- I was listening to it today, right? And I was thinking that sounds a little bit Nine Inch Nailsy. Yeah, so it's one of the um, songs off Ghosts 1 to 4, which was the experimental... Um, I think it was all written and recorded within eight weeks, entirely instrumental four disc um, project that Nine Inch Nails did. And it's, it's one of the songs off that. So the, the plunky guitar bit is from that. Yes. Yeah. So that's all, that's all Nine Inch Nails from a very nice little uh, instrumental song. Hmm. And that was me thinking that little Nas X, as he's called, sat there plunking on his own guitar. <laughs> he did not. He did not. He took a sample. Even though he says cowboy hat from Gucci Wrangler on my booty. Because he's definitely an original cowboy. As a pure, pure cowboy. Yeah, I've come to it really late. I know this song was popular like a year ago. <laughs> I was going to really say, like this, is a, this is a bit, of a, a bit of a late reference here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. It's just finally come to me now. I heard it last year because it was a um, famous place. Baseball Toronto Blue Jays rookie Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had it as his walk-up music. And I was like, oh, that's okay. But then, you know when sometimes a song just takes a while to hit you, right? Yeah, yeah. Like um, um, Honky Tonk Badonkadonk. I mean, that that's going to be everywhere next year. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna finally going to have its moment. Summer hit of 2021 is going to be Honky Tonk Badonkadonk. <laughs> the sound of the summer. <laughs> exactly. Uh, how are you? Have you been, um, you've been panic buying? Uh, no, but I was in the supermarket today and saw that there was no toilet paper anywhere. Oh, really? So that was something. Um, so I might need to buy some toilet paper tomorrow just to make sure that we have some. See, um, toilet paper to me is a low priority panic buy stockpile item because you can always find something to wipe your bum on, can't you? Whereas the things you can eat, you know, you can't eat a shirt or a chair or whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But you can eat people. That's true. Yeah, people are everywhere. There are t- two two of those in my house, apart from me. <laughs> um, our cats, uh, people. Cats are better than people. <laughs> cats are cats are a no go area. <laughs> well, as um, Tom Hooper's film would have it. <laughs> exactly. I almost um, said Tom Holland just then. <laughs> Tom, that I'd like to see Tom Holland's cats. Yeah. Or, or the best of all, Tom Hollander's cats. Yeah, he seems like a man who would own cats. He definitely does. As well as being in the film Cats, which he's not, but he should be. He, he should, should have be. had the Rebel Wilson role. Oh, he would have been amazing in that. I'd like to see him take off his skin, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm sure that at some point he um, he he would be willing to do that in a film. Yeah. 
Of course he would. He's Tom Hollander. He can do anything. He can. He's been a hip priest. Rev, as they call him. He's been a politician in, in the loop. Which Indeed. Which very good. Um, he's really good in... Did you watch The Night Manager? No, but that, I just remember it as the show being... It being the show where you got to see Tom Hiddleston's bum. Yeah, I think you do see Tom Hiddleston's bum. But um, it's he's in that and he's very, very good. Um, in fact, that is a very good show, yeah. The Night Manager. And it's also nice and short. It's only a few episodes. Oh, okay. There aren't enough um, of those, are there? And the, what, the number of shows that are out there that are sort of two or three episodes of an hour each, 95% of them are Agatha Christie adaptations, which isn't necessarily a problem, but, you know, be nice yes, to have some this was this was a John le Carré um, adaptation. Ah, right. Well, there you go. It's either Agatha um, Christie or John le Carré. It's one or the other. One or one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, it is very good, and everyone's very good in it. Tinker Tailor I like Soldier Tom, Bump. <laughs> I like Tom Hiddleston a lot, but I don't like. Well, I like Loki, but you know, I have no real care for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You saying he's low key? <laughs> I'm saying that the Marvel movies are low key. They're low on my priority list. Right, okay. I, um, I get it now. So so he's he's fine as low key, and I can't imagine someone else being low key, but I think he's so much better in everything else. And I'd really like to see him do more stuff. Like he's in High Rise, the adaptation oh, really? of the JG Ballard novel, and that's a very interesting movie. Is um, that a recent crim- adaptation? Uh, yeah, it was a couple of years ago. Because wasn't think. there a, another adaptation made previously or not? I don't know. Um, or am I, I thinking of something was. else? By you JG might be thinking Bella. of Crash. I, I'm thinking of Crash. Yep. Um, and you've and got... not even of Crash. I mean, there's the JG Ballard Crash where horny car crashes happen, and then there's the one with Brendan Fraser in it that has a thousand plots, which we should talk about at some point. Yeah, that was one can... of those films where when it came out, we must have been about 14, 15. And I remember watching it at school and everyone think, think everyone going, oh, this is well clever, isn't it? And then realizing quite quickly that actually, no, it was rubbish. Yeah, I think that's one of the films that's had the quickest drop off in terms of people thinking that it's good versus not. Um, but yeah, so there, there's good Crash and there's bad Crash. So Crash had an adaptation, the, the novel had an adaptation by David Cronenberg. That's um, right. The the people who are horny about car crashes story. Um, and it's an incredible book. I really recommend, well, you've got to be of a certain disposition to read the book, I think, <laughs> yeah. and and watch the movie. But they're both very, very good. And High Rise... But if you know another... anything about J.G. Ballard's work, I think you know that. Yeah. If you're a, if you're a twisted piece of shit like I am, then you love J.G. Ballard's work. Yeah. Um, and, and the high-rise adaptation uh, that came out a couple of years ago, it's directed by Ben Wheatley, who did Sightseers. Um, and it's very hypnotic, very abstract, and very, very good. So, yeah, go go watch that. Cool. It so is a Crash. better movie than Wicker Park. Oh, God, Wicker Park. I was just going to make a joke about Crash Bandicoot, but it's, the moment's gone. <laughs> the moment's gone, I'm sorry. Sorry, you, you ruined it. <laughs> Wicker Park ruined it. Wicker Park Wicker did Park. ruin it. Wicker Park ruined my weekend. So there's that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was your choice. Well, actually, it was a re- it was a request. Even it was a request. It was a request. I had not seen this movie, um, and I watched Wicker Park, and then I watched L'Appartement. Yeah. See, I didn't watch L'Appartement. I because the only version I could find had Spanish subtitles, and I speak a bit of French, and my streak on Duolingo Spanish is going very, very well. Just FYI. 
but not <laughs> quite well enough for me to be able to understand Spanish subtitles on a French film. I think that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, so I will be able to give some details on the original film. Yeah. Um, but shall we start off by discussing? Yeah. The so, Wicker film, Park Wicker is a funny Park. one. The, see, the reason I'm aware of this film is that you remember. So this film came out in 2004, so we were in sixth form. And you remember around that time, everyone was downloading music totally legally, obviously, from Kazaa and LimeWire. And you'd, you'd type in a song or you'd, you'd download something randomly and it would be like no one had ever filled in the metadata correctly. So you'd get like a, a bunch of songs that were wrong or whatever. But weirdly, a lot of the like one-off indie songs, hits of the day that I had... Um, came from a download I'd randomly come across of the Wicker Park soundtrack. So I had some songs by like Death Cab for Cutie and the Postal Service and the Shins and all those kind of bands um, from the Wicker Park OST. And I never even bothered to really look at what it was. I was like, oh, Wicker Park, I wonder what that is. I never really looked it up and then sort of saw, po- remember seeing posters of it later when we were at university, maybe like one or two people might have had the poster up in a hipstery way. But mostly it was kind of like, oh, that seemed to have a weird, good indie soundtrack album, but none of those songs were actually in the film. Yeah. Like so... the Postal Service's <laughs> cover of Against All Odds was on there, which is a great song. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the soundtrack um, really stands out from the main movie because you've got things like your favourite band, the Stereophonics, yeah. um, play a prominent role. But then... You can't argue with the Stereophonics because they want you to have a nice day. They do. They will tell you over and over again to have a nice day. Um, although, low-key, I do really like The Bartender and the Thief. It's, that's not a bad I like, song. I like I'll that song. That. And I know you don't like it, but I do like Mr. Writer. It's a nice, yeah. gloomy, gloomy song. Um, yeah, it's a bit it's a dirge. But, but Mogwai turns up at the end of the movie as well. It's a really, it's a really odd score. Um, yeah. Particularly given, as you said, I seem to remember other people having the Wicker Park soundtrack, and I don't know whether it's just an incorrect metadata issue with LimeWire because I also had that situation when I was growing up and trying to find new music, and LimeWire was the only real way. But to no, do it's it. it's it's real. the The playlist is on Spotify, so that is the and official it's all of the songs. That wow, okay, were on the official album, but weren't actually in the film. And this is the thing I've never understood about films: it's like why they sometimes have this album of songs that are on the OST that aren't on the film, and and that very rarely happens. That's very odd. That they have songs that don't. But I feel really like it appear. used to happen more in the mid 2000s. I felt like it was a thing where they were trying to say, these songs are on our OST. Look how cool and indie we are. Yeah, and I, I, I think it was a way there. to try and get more money, wasn't it? Was to. It's trying to emulate. Because some films did have very, very good soundtracks, like The Beach, um, the Danny Boyle movie has mm. a great. That's one of the best soundtracks. Or, I mean, Danny Boyle in general is very good because you look at um, 28 Days Later soundtrack or you look at Train Spotting soundtrack. Um, and it feels as though a lot of people are trying to emulate that idea of having this really iconic soundtrack piece that you could release separately because you know like things like the beach soundtrack or the reservoir dog soundtrack those kind of cds sold incredibly well so maybe it was an attempt to try and do that or you know when when did this come out in relation to garden state i was wondering that actually because it's it's of that ilk isn't it garden state same year same year so maybe you know, it might be a little bit too early to take part of it, but it might have been part of the same zeitgeist where it's let's chuck a load of indie songs <laughs> at this movie yeah. and see what happens. The shins are on both soundtracks. Yeah. 
Um, but they weren't used in Wicker Park. There was no moment in Wicker Park when she passed him a pair of headphones and said, hey, listen to this song, it'll change your life. And it's the stereophonics. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that wouldn't work. Um, yeah, so... Because she didn't actually really do much of anything, did she? The woman, the mysterious, amazing woman. Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? That... And and I think I gained some more perspective by watching the original where the sort of thematic issues of this film make much more sense. But right. this is a movie that does not make a lot of sense. Um, plot, yeah. plot points. And it feels like a ham-fisted adaptation. It doesn't feel like you could get this film out of nowhere. Plot points appear and disappear out of, out of thin air. And character motivations are are abstract um and in the it's worth pointing out that this film has a very strange timeline in terms of its real it's it's real historical events versus how they're portrayed in the film um so what you're seeing it has a lot of flashbacks it it, it all starts very much in media res and then lots of flashbacks around it from people different people's perspectives flashbacks in which josh hartnett's extremely 90s face is still very extremely nineties <laughs> in them, so you're not quite sure if it's the present day or a flashback. Um, and and so uh, let let let's try and explain from start to finish what the story of Wicker Park is, shall we? Yeah. Well, no, I think it's actually good to do that because my, my thing about this right is that I think it would work. the The issue of it being an adaptation, perhaps aside, just taking it as a story. I think it would actually work way better just as a romantic story, straight up romance. It would work way better if it was linear and you just knew about all the different things in the order in which they happened and actually invested the time in bringing about the conflict that brings them apart and then brings them back together. See, I think that would work, except I would like all of the stuff with Rose Byrne to still be like a shock. Yeah. In like the third act. But I, th- I think. But you could, you could. That's something you could reveal gradually. Yes, yeah, and I, and I think that would actually work much better. In the original film, it works okay, but that's because it's an, it's a strange French movie, and and. So uh, does the French movie do the same thing with flashbacks? Yes, very much so. Um, it's right. almost up until the end. It's almost, and and I'll get on to how the ends differ because the end of the original is much much better than this one. Um, it, the um. But up until right at the end, it almost follows shot for shot um, right. the exact same thing, which which causes difficulties in this because also this movie is nearly a decade older than the original. And um, you'll see when we explain the plot, but all of this movie would be solved by someone having a mobile phone, which in 2004 yep. they would have. Yes. That is, <laughs> isn't there one point where someone is using a mobile yes, phone? Yes, yeah. Um yeah, if if yeah. these people had mobile by yeah, and communicating they, properly. Yeah. And you know, as someone who works in communications, I have no time for improper or poor communication <laughs> and I don't believe it's a legit <laughs> plot point. But but apart from to portray the fact that actually most people are shit at communicating. And and, and it could be you know, back back in 1996 when the original film came out, yes, you could understand it because if someone didn't have a mobile, which they generally wouldn't at that time, they would be much harder to contact, particularly if they went away somewhere. You'd be like, oh God, they haven't left a a, a phone number or an address. Yeah. How am I going to find them until they come back into my life or they're available at their old home telephone number? Whereas here in the remake, it's just like, mate, just pick up your Nokia. 
Yeah, it's two thousand and four. <laughs> you've got a, you've got a, you've got like seven flip flow uh, flip phones at this point. It's you've someone's definitely got an engage. Do you remember yeah. the engage, the little video game mobile phone? No. So it was, I literally have no idea what that so is. It was made by Nokia. It's one of the biggest flops of all time in either the mobile phone or the video game space. It's about like letter N and then gauge. Yes, yeah. And basically, it was a mobile where you could flip out some little buttons and play games on it. But the issues were, it was expensive. No games oh, came God, out it's on hideous. it. It's, it's ugly as hell. Um, and to put a game cartridge into it, you had to take out your SIM card. <laughs> That's the worst. That's awful. I'm looking at it now and it's like, it's all buttons and then a tiny portrait screen in the middle. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Uh, it was, it, it was very bad and it did not go down very well and nobody used it. And it looked like you were talking into a metal Cornish pasty when you were using the phone. <laughs> um, so yeah, that it did not, it did not go well. Wow. I'm really appalled by this. Um, so it released in 2003. It was discontinued in 2005. Um, That's way longer than it deserves. And uh, yeah, it was it was not good. Uh, I knew some people that had one. Uh, I remember seeing people at my... Are those people now in prison? <laughs> Probably, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was... Well, there was a Sonic game for it? Apparently so. Sonic yeah. N. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Engage was was bad. Um, it was, but you know, in this film, Josh Hartnett would have, yeah, he probably would have owned one of those because he's a high flying guy who can spend his money on video games and probably put his feet up on a desk in his investment banking job and do that. But also, he would have played a lot of Snake on the toilet as well. Yes, no, he would have. He would definitely would have been a BlackBerry. He would have had a BlackBerry. Oh, you think he's a BlackBerry? Guy? Yeah, two thousand and four. He's got a BlackBerry. He's got that tiny, tiny little keyboard. Um, anyway, right. So, so let's try and go through the plot from the first point in time to the last point in time, shall we? So, Josh. He's a man in Chicago. He's in Chicago. He works in a video store. Yeah. Which is under a bridge. And it looks, have you seen Be Kind Rewind? I have, yeah. It looks, it looks, didn't you think, it looks exactly like that exact same shot of where the shop is in Big Yeah, Everywhere. yeah, I wonder if it's the one video shop they go to. It's the only <laughs> so, video shop in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so he's working there, and then when he's there, he he's messing around with the camera, and he films Diane Kruger, Lisa, and is like, wow, this is a beautiful woman. I better go stalk her now. And then he's like, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) Lisa is literally tearing him apart. So he follows her. He finds out that she's a dancer and watches her dance. Um, Just walks into her dance recital. Yeah, yeah. Why not? He's a a creepy, creepy man. Um, And And then she responds well to being stalked by him. She does. Because that's a thing. Which would work in a a French movie because French movies make no sense. But as soon as you you put it into English. I thought you were going to say because the French respond well to being stalked. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that too that too um so then um so so he then goes to see his friend um matthew lillard we love matthew lillard oh, he's so good he's great in this movie he's wonderfully matthew lillard um yep. 
and 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 he works serious but also goofy yes. all at the same time and and he works in a shoe store a like high-end shoe store and josh hartner walks in and is like dude i'm in love with this woman and and matthew lillard's like who is she and he says i don't know she's hot and she's a dancer um and once they're having this conversation diane kruger pokes her head in the door um and um Josh Hartnett decides, right, I'm going to pretend to be a shoe salesman and tries to sell her a pair of shoes. She confronts him and is like, do you normally stalk people? But at the end of it, ends up giving him her number and is like, come meet With me at nice this note. cafe and we'll, we'll meet and have a chat. Um, and that is the start of their relationship together. That's what we had to do in 2004 before dating apps. Yep. It was just stalking people and trying to sell them shoes. That was yep. That was courtship back in the day um and that's so, how crocs got off the ground and unbeknownst to um to him she has been in a relationship with a married man who is potentially abusive uh, might have killed his former wife oh yeah as well uh this is a big plot point in the original movie by the way that right. or is in this one the guy who looks like a sort of poundland paul giamatti is following him oh no that's the bartender guy this guy looks like someone, and I can't remember who, because he's only in one scene and I've forgotten his face already. And then he disappears. But he's in like one scene knocking on a door going, Lisa! And then he disappears. And then he's never seen again, whereas in the original movie uh, is a much bigger plot point. Um, so then this is all going well. He says, hey, move in with me. And she gives him the most shrug of shoulders response to that, which is, I'm late for my rehearsal. Gotta go. And then... The next thing he knows, she has disappeared altogether and gone somewhere and he doesn't know where. Um, Because this is 2004, he could use a mobile phone to contact her, but instead he decides it's all a great big mystery and um, moves on with his life. At some point he meets fancy woman who makes lots of money and her family's business makes lots of money, and he's working at that business now and is making lots of money. He's gone from video store clerk to big old fancy investments man or something. Yeah, he's like he's a high-flying guy. He went to New York, and then he came back with, with a girlfriend who seems to also have lots of roots and a company, in, like her dad's company in Chicago, but fine, whatever. Yes. A fiancé, sorry. <laughs> um... And so he's going to go off to Beijing. Is it Beijing? Uh, they say China. I don't know if they say Beijing. Um, and he's off to go do some business. He's going to go make a business. Uh, but whilst he's there at the meeting, he goes off to go and try and make a phone call. And then he hears Lisa's voice, Diane Kruger. In a restaurant called Bellucci's. Yep, which is... tribute to Monica Bellucci, who is in the French film. Yes. It's well clever, mate. So clever. Um, Yeah. And so he hears her speaking. He tries to chase after her because she's running off somewhere. Um, She breaks the heel on her shoe as she's running out. um, And she drops a hotel key? Or a apartment key or something it's the hotel the key to her hotel room key to her hotel room so he goes to chase up ends up and of course goes in the room yeah like a massive creep like a massive creep because if a woman decides to no longer be in contact with you the thing to do is to go to where she sleeps 
that's yeah. that's what you do um and uh and basically but it's okay because he's in love with this amazing mysterious woman yeah uh, everything is fine in that context peter andre no, no action you can do is bad Pe- yeah. peter andre taught us what to do in these situations is peter andre has been in the news this week Have you seen has him? he what's he done uh, there's a sign up at one of his events um, saying don't touch him and don't take selfies with him because of the coronavirus. Oh, fair enough, Peter Andre. Fair enough. We want to yeah. keep you safe. You are yeah. the greatest treasure of our nation. We have to save Peter Andre. <laughs> More than anything else, save Peter Andre. He seems like a very nice man. Yeah, he seems fine. I think he's fine. Mysterious yeah. Girl was a song. And, yeah, f- was, and fair play to him. Um, it's better than any song in this film. <laughs> excuse me, there's a Mogwai song in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Mogwai Kings. Um, so yeah. So long story short, he then some. I can't remember how, but he finds out where her apartment is, um, and goes there, and then he runs into um, Rose Byrne, who is there, and they have a confrontation. She says, "I'm called Lisa," and uh, he goes, "Oh, I must have mistaken you for the woman that I am in love with, even though she's Whose apartment blonde. I just." yes who's apart from the fact that she's blonde and you're brunette um uh, something about the original movie lisa and not lisa are both brunette so it makes more sense that he'd mistake one for the other right um (laughs) anyway they they end up uh sleeping together um of course because you you'd sleep with a man who's broken into your house yes perfectly (laughs) perfectly normal situation um and uh, as the story goes on you understand why that is more of a normal thing to do equally you're a man who is in love with somebody is in a committed relationship with someone else you're definitely going to sleep with this third woman yeah <laughs> out of nowhere um but yes yeah, so um so they they sleep together and then it's this whole bizarre love triangle thing it's like oh who is this mysterious lisa woman is it not a quadrangle because you've also got matthew lillard in the oh corner. yes you do so Math- it turns out that did that lisa too rose Byrne, is matthew lillard's girlfriend Whoop! yes so she is dating matthew lillard but then also is dating josh hartnett josh hartnett is in love with diane kruger um and then he is also dating um what's what's her name the french actress who plays his love interest in this jessica paré yep um there's his fiance who is in like two scenes and then gets the boot at the end of the yeah, film. just gets <laughs> it's like horrible just like oh sorry yeah i'm not going to marry you after all bye you can now watch me kiss this other woman in front of you yeah um, so 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 yeah um so uh, long story short what it turns out is that you know how josh hartnett was a creepy sex pest to diane kruger at the same time that he instantly fell in love with her uh rose Byrne instantly fell in love with him and she she had had this strange obsession with lisa diane kruger and at the same time had this parallel sort of uh obsession with him uh she was meant to relay the message to Josh Hartnett that, uh, hi, I'm Diane Kruger. I do want to move in with you, but I've got to go off on tour for a bit. When I get back, let's talk about it. She didn't do that and instead became this mysterious other Lisa character to try and win his heart away. Yeah, because when you go on tour, you only have like two hours notice. You never have time to get your affairs in order. It causes a lot of problems for you know musicians and it stuff. does we used to it back does. then these days it's fine because we have apps and in the original movie it makes more sense because it's france and france <laughs> <Yeah>. is chaos 
<laughs> everything in France is just about twenty to thirty percent more chaotic. Yeah, exactly. So you can imagine someone going, "Oh, zut alors, I've got to go off on tour now." Oh well, <laughs> au revoir, Paris. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so, um, so rather than actually relaying the message of her friend that she's slightly obsessed with, she instead decides to steal the man away because she is obsessed with him as well. Except um, she doesn't do anything with him for two years. Um, and then, until it's presented to her by him breaking into her house. Yes, <laughs> that's a bit a bit awkward. Totally normal. Yeah. Fine. All totally fine. All things that definitely happen in real life and on film. <laughs> um, and so then at the end, there's a there's a confrontation where they sit down together. Matthew Lillard has no idea what's going on. Josh Hartnett and Rose Byrne have a little cryptic conversation. They're in the same restaurant again because yeah. they could only afford to film at one restaurant location. <laughs> And then, which was actually in Quebec, it wasn't even in Chicago. Of course not, because they often film things in Canada because they can get around union laws. But also, um, Quebec's French, so like they had they wanted to do that as a tribute to its French roots. I think it's probably more to do with the uh, unions, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and but, tax and and tax, yeah, and and so they um they he runs off because he's been told that Lisa, the real Lisa Diane Kruger, is going to meet him. And so they, he runs off to the airport where he's going to meet her, and then he runs into <laughs> into his fiance there. Yeah, um, he just happens to run into her. Well, it, because it, she thinks he's coming back from China. Yeah, he's he's meant to be coming back from China at the same. And they time. make a bit of a concession to that being oh quite the coincidence by her being oh you're an hour late from your flight back from China, so she's off, off by an hour. But like, yeah, what a coincidence. Um, and then there and then he says, I don't love you. I love someone else. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and and he, he just kind of looks her in the face and does that thing he does where his eyes are all like glazed like they are through the whole film. And just goes, uh, uh, I love someone else. I, I don't love you. Bye. Uh, talks like that through the whole film. Uh. Um, and then he uh, he runs off and he meets Diane Kruger and they kiss and it's all happy. Um, they kiss after he stands behind her for about five minutes like just creepily staring at her while she's facing forward none the wiser until she eventually turns around and goes who's this pervert breathing down my neck oh it's you it's fine <laughs> oh, it's you i love you yeah really weird shot that. it's it's very odd um so that is the plot of this movie and it makes more sense when you put it in that way the first time that you're watching it through without any of that understanding it is bizarre it is really really strange because none of the character motivations make any sense the way that it's filmed yeah especially the stuff with rose burn which if you if that's what i mean about if you could portray that in a not even it wouldn't necessarily have to be 100 percent linear but if you had a bit of context with their relationship from early days or her relationship with lisa you could just have some scenes of her looking at him across the the window from the other apartment or something where her story gets given the time and attention that it deserves because that's actually more interesting like her becoming obsessed with him from afar i think is way more interesting than josh hartnett's it's not quite manic pixie dream girl is it but it's very kind of oh this has met this amazing beautiful woman and she's a dancer and she'll only have three lines in this film because but it's fine because she's an object of male fantasy whereas actually the rose burn story is way more interesting Yes. And, and well, what I think is most interesting is the parallel between the two. 
And this is something that's explored in the original a lot better, um, in part because of, um, in part because of the ending. So, shall I tell you what the ending is to the original? So, in the original, he ends up reading um, fake Lisa's diary. Alice is her name, isn't it? Alice. Yeah. Um, and, and Alex. Alex, and and eventually. In it, yeah, sorry. In the original film, it's it's Alice, and then in the remake, it's Alex. Um, and then eventually, he he realizes that very French name actually Alice, that no American would be able to understand Alice. Um, and and eventually realizes, oh, actually, I have more in common with this woman than you might think. Um, and ends up running off to be with her instead. And so there's this whole idea of actually there are these parallel obsessions, and whereas the film has built up, um. Alice slash Alex as the antagonist of the movie. In fact, they are one and the same person, which I think is a very interesting way to look at it. Um, in the end, Monica Bellucci ends up being killed by Daniel, the character who gets dropped from the original movie altogether. Um, he he's he's sort of uh, covered her apartment in petrol, and then when she comes back after not meeting with um, with Matthew, uh, he sets it on fire with her in the building oh shit yeah it's really horrendous um and and so he runs off to the airport to be with alice but what happens is it's the same thing where he meets his fiance um but in the original movie just as an extra gut punch he decides to stay with his fiance instead because he doesn't have the motivation to leave her to go and be with the other strange obsessive person and so she right. just goes off on her own to go and fly to rome and so <laughs> and so it's this really it's this really bizarre ending but thematically it fits so much better with what's come before it because it has that whole parallel between these two people that are acting in a very strange way and letting their obsession with people they don't know take control of their entire lives whereas in right. the in 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 the in wicker park um, that all gets undone and undermined by a happy rom-com ending. Yeah, they tack on a schmaltzy scene at the end to tie it all up. And that's the kind of scene where that tells you that it's not the film that they were trying to make, that they 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 didn't even know what they were trying to make, because that scene is fine if you've, as you say, done that in a relatively linear story that's been about their love and the obstacles to it. But that's a different film. That's not a film about the obsessions that are all going on and coming together, which it sounds like the original is. Yes, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, this, it doesn't work. It really doesn't work. Um, and, and, right, like, and it's really bloody long as well. It is. It's, it's, it's nearly, nearly two hours it's long. It's nearly two hours long. The original is also nearly two hours long, but I think it does benefit from A, being a strange French movie, B, having a cast of Vincent Cassell and Monica Bellucci. Yeah. Um, which, you know, and not to not to speak ill of the cast of Wicker Park, because actually the cast of this movie is very good. You've yeah. Got, you've got Josh Hartner, you've got Rose Byrne, you've got Matthew Lillard, Diane Kruger. Um, that is a really good four-person key cast to have in a movie. Yeah. And um, they all do their thing. I mean, I, I, I found Josh Hartnett's performance really objectionable. But I haven't seen actually seen him in much else. He's one of those guys where 
I think he's a like one of those rom com guys, but he actually isn't. He's actually in like action, boring action films and war films and stuff that I haven't seen. So maybe in some of those he's good. So I shall reserve judgment. But in this, I hated him. Yeah, and I th- it wasn't just because of the script and his character. It was like his face and his wood, wooden gray eyes and his <laughs> oh, he's wooden talking gray like eyes. this. Um, Do you I know think, what I mean by that? Yeah, I, th- I think the issue is that Josh Hartnett is he's a bit of a glass cannon as an actor where you need to know how to use him properly yeah um and you compare someone as a motive as vincent cassell with someone who is as um almost like daisical as josh hartner and you can see he's not really the right fit for this movie i i I do rate him when used correctly so um films like the the faculty is one of my favorite movies it's a really fun you're always going on about the faculty. yeah it's a really fun sub- subversive it. horror comedy um he's great in penny dreadful a wonderful tv series from a few years ago oh, that looks rubbish no it's it's really good it's really really good um various sort of gothic horror monsters all coalesce into one incredibly chaotic story it's great it's got timothy dalton in it where can you you can't go oh, wrong with okay. timothy okay. dalton if timothy dalton's in um, it then it's fine uh he, he's also in 30 days of night which is a very good vampire movie based on a graphic novel um slash comic book i don't know if it was ever properly syndicated or not um or whether it was just a standalone trade paperback um and yes so when he's used well um he's very very good but i think in this movie he was not used correctly and i think that's true for most of the cast i mean apart from matthew lillard who (laughs) did the best job of being the goofy friend whilst also still keeping it relatively serious but but there's nothing he can't do but equally i think matthew lillard would have been really good in the lead role in this yeah Um, for sure because he's good at that kind of confused what's happening to me thing yeah that that confusion and also that intensity that this performance really needed in terms of um that obsession i think he would have been really good in you know you look at his performances and things like scream and actually he would have been pretty damn good in the lead role in this too um so matthew lillard 10 out of 10 for him grade a performance as always from him um and and again diane kruger is very very good and you barely get to see her as a character in this movie yeah um she has literally like three lines yeah it's really and what's really really telling about them not being asked with character development is or any of that stuff and just letting it kind of float on the kind of mysterious woman idea is that when they kind of actually eventually have their first date they don't show any dialogue at all they just show silence and then like 30 seconds later they're having sex yeah whereas actually in in the original it's it's done much better as well so you actually see them having conversations and things like that and actually the sexual element is much less downplayed right is there some nice french dialogue yeah there's lots of uh we are walking along and smoking and talking about our lives um lots of that um yeah so it's 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 a bit of a wasted opportunity this um because it's not a the the original movie is not one that actually i was very aware of um uh, but no i wasn't either but it is it is pretty good i'd recommend it it's it's a if you can track it down it is it is actually pretty pretty damn good um and uh and yeah i think it's a shame that some sometimes remakes can work but here it was it's it's a it's a perfect example of hollywood getting the rights to a story and not really understanding what works about it 
Yeah, and just so, going, this is the thing we need to make because it will make some money because this film was popular in France. So, and I don't even know if that was it or whether it was just, this is something that's a good film. Let's try and remake it and make some money and make a good adaptation of it. Um, but it, I understand there was some development hell as well. Yes, but, but in spite of the fact that they copy shots and they almost copy exactly the same script, it gets let down where they make a few minor changes here and there and then some big changes at the end because they've got to get their big happy ending in. And that big happy ending ruins the entire film. Yeah. It's it's a terrible ha- happy ending. It's actually one of the worst happy endings on film. I don't I'm know. willing to say that. I don't know about that, but it is a bad it is How a many bad other happy, ending. happy endings involve Josh Hartnett with his wooden-ass face crying behind the woman he loves for five minutes before <laughs> she turns around to the sound of fucking Coldplay? <laughs> oh, that's right. It is Coldplay, isn't it? Yeah. Bit of Coldplay. It's the really dirgy one, of course, that everyone loves. <laughs> I, I I like Coldplay. Coldplay are fine. There's a couple of their songs that I don't hate, but that song is a dirge. I don't know how anybody can hate Coldplay. They're they're even at their worst, they're six out of ten. Yeah, you know, it's not. You hear it and you're like, oh, it's all right. It's not. Yeah. It's not Raging Speedhorn, is it? I'd love it <laughs> if Raging Speedhorn was at the end of this. <laughs> Yeah, he, he says goodbye to his fiance. turns around and it's just... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> or just turns around and goes... Wah. Yeah, and then a bit of... Uh, but, okay, right, I'm going to go... He, off find, the, he goes down to Lisa and he's like, are you down with the sickness? Are you down with the sickness? Um, I've got to have a little bit of a deviation here because I found an amazing band today <laughs> that I've already talked to you about, Paddy. <laughs> yeah. um, but... I didn't listen to it yet, by the way. I'm sorry. So I like a bit of heavy music. I was too busy listening to Old Town Road. <laughs> of course you were. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to when you when you listen to Get Lucky, I, I, you know, Sound of the Summer. What's, to quote, what's Get Lucky? To quote Limmy. Have, have you seen Limmy on Twitter? Get Limmy. <laughs> yes, I have. Uh, yeah. Well, he, he tweets very good. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, so I found a band uh, with the best name to song title combination i think i've seen in quite some time so the band's name is horseneck which itself great band name slash terrible band name guys horseneck is a because you you don't necessarily always pay attention to the neck of a horse but it's a very important part of the horse <laughs> yeah. and you know a very very strong part of the horse and and there's only two kinds of bands that would call themselves horseneck you've got country western and you've got hardcore <laughs> punk those are the only two yeah. um and and thankfully this band goes down the hardcore punk route um so let me read you some of their song titles and legit i really love their music <laughs> these guys are really really good and the song titles are just another reason to love them okay <laughs> so, i'm gonna listen to it tomorrow on the way to work. okay so we've got the 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 first song on the album is called Barbara Streisand. Okay, great start. Then I like that so It's not a cover of that song. Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. <laughs> no, it's not. Unfortunately, Duck Soup. Duck Soup. Another also, great band name. Good, good band name. <laughs> um, but then you've got uh, Pen Fifteen. Write out Pen Fifteen, and you'll recognise uh, where that's from. I, I see what they did there. <laughs> um, you've got porcelain ass that's what i thought the band was called when you texted it to me and, and, and i legit was like that's something i would call a band yeah and i think we should call a band porcelain ass um and have a song called Horseneck. um yeah. then you've got um 
Mr. Funny Guy Full of Bullshit, which is a great <laughs> song title. That sounds like a, that's a Google Translate, yeah. surely. Um, um, and then the final song on the album is called Margarita Delphia. <laughs> um, so, so shout out to Horseneck with your incredible song names and your fantastic uh, band name as well. Um, well done, Horseneck. You're well done, Horseneck. Right. And and your your album cover looks like something from the Illuminati. All on board <laughs> with that. Get on it. Excellent stuff. Um, much more enjoyable than Wicker Park. But something yeah. I did enjoy about Wicker Park was the very strange editing. Oh god, so weird. Really odd, weird shots, weird cuts. Yeah, so, so lots score. of lots of strange yeah. cuts, lots of strange um, like uh, sort of camera movement as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's a really, really weird. Like the transitions as well were strange. You had lots of odd fades and like cross sections. Um, it was very. And- they don't repeat sort of bits of rooms or locations properly either. The continuity is really off. So like when he, the morning after he sleeps with Rose Byrne, she's trying to find coffee in the apartment. You're like, is this even the same place? Is this a flashback? Is this because they haven't shown you the kitchen properly and it's a completely different angle of the kitchen, but it is actually the same apartment. And they're trying to show you that she doesn't know where anything is because it's not her apartment, but because it's such a weird shot you're like what is going on yeah and 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 the 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 editing makes it so disorientating it's it it is it makes it have such a lack of cohesion that you don't really understand what they're trying to tell you and that's another thing where when the the original film they make that much more obvious that she doesn't know where anything is and you right. can almost sort of piece it together you're like mm, there's something odd going on here whereas when you're watching this you're you're thinking this person's very strange they sleeping with this random guy who broke into their apartment and they're randomly looking through all their drawers. What's going on? Um, and so, yeah, it, it really doesn't help because the way that they decided to maintain the structure of the original film isn't going to help anyway. So then combining that with very odd editing choices, it's like, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> like yeah. choose one or the other, make it all flash strange editing or stick with this very odd, uh, continuity you know yeah and you get shots like looking from inside the booth at frank's chili dogs which, you get to be frank which i'm i'm all on board with i'd love a yeah. love a chili dog right now there wasn't enough chili dog action in no not out of 20 you promised chili dogs they did not appear yep Looked like a nice little park though yeah yeah or it was their usual spot because that's romantic. That's how you know it's romantic. They have a usual spot. Where exactly. They sit in Every- the snow, freezing. Yeah. Barefoot in the park showed us that you need to have a romantic moment in a park. Yeah. But nobody in this film put a bin on their head. Yeah. Another reason for naught out of 20. Yeah. Definitely. Rubbish. Um, so, yeah, so it does seem as though it's it was in development hell. It seems as though they're trying to make this movie for years and years. Um, I saw that. Paul Walker was attached at one point. Freddie Prince Jr. was attached at one point. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, it's been all over the shop, really. And eventually it's got released. And it's funny, it has it has pretty good ratings on IMDb. So, what does it? Um, so it's got a seven on IMDb based on 51,000 ratings from people who've watched it. Um, but that does not correlate with the, re- the reviews of critics who 
give it a four out of ten in, in general. Um, yeah, and I think I and I I wonder because you know that's quite a big number of people who've watched this film, but I I hadn't seen this movie, and I think if it hadn't been recommended, I probably would have never seen it because it seems to have faded quite a lot from from consciousness. Yeah, you don't hear about this film anymore, and that is a good thing. <laughs> I was just Get looking at there's the review from Roger Ebert on rogerebert.com in which he basically says, this film's confusing and I don't understand it, but that's a good thing, and gives it three out of four. And I'm like, no, Roger Ebert. <laughs> You're full of shit. Hey, movie, movies can be confusing, and it be yeah. good. But here... But in this case, it's bad. But, but, it's confusing and it's bad. But yeah, when, when that happens, it needs to... Um, it, it it that confusion needs to lead to something, and and there needs to be that thought process around why are we making this confusing? Why are we making it hard for people to understand what's going on? Whereas here, I don't think there was that consideration because, like I said, it is they basically just did a shot for shot remake, apart from just changing a few things to make it more, uh, like English speaking friendly, adding in stuff like oh, it's got to have a happy ending. Um, it's got to have a weird foot fetish scene where you see him look, sort of salivating over Diane Kruger's feet when putting on a shoe, which is really, oh, yeah. really weird. That's not in the original film. It's just because they paid for the Chinese shoe shop and then they had to use it. Yeah, it's got to be like, oh, Josh Hartnett has a foot fetish, according to this movie. Did you notice when they're in the back room of the shoes, looking at all the shoes at the side of the boxes, the make of shoe is Hollywood, but wood spelt W-O-U-L-D. That's amazing. Yeah. That was that was funny. I enjoyed that. Is that a is that a real shoe make? I don't think so. Let's have a little look. Maybe it is. We should call up Matthew Lillard and ask him. Friend of the podcast, Matthew Lillard. It looks like Hollywood are a real brand of shoe. Oh, boring. So, yeah, sorry, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so yeah, it's uh. This is a strange film. I I don't want to say that I regret watching it because I think it was bizarre and fascinating. And without it, I wouldn't have watched the original film, which is actually quite an interesting movie. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I'd say don't watch this film. No, I will never watch it. No, again, but no. I'm vaguely okay with the fact that I watched it. Yeah. I didn't. Find, it wasn't like hateful. It was just very confusing and strange and, yeah, not no idea what it wanted to be. And some things in it were bad, like the fact that he's a creepy creep creeping around to creepy music and then that's okay because he loves a mysterious woman. I hate that shit. Yeah, that, that's, but, that's a big issue that, again, they... they do watch they, it. And, yeah, they, they could have resolved that by keeping the original ending and that, that, you know, that would have mitigated a little bit of it because you would have seen, oh, yeah, creeps stick together. <laughs> that, that's the message yeah. of this movie if you're a weird obsessive find another weird obsessive creep fest <laughs> creep fest 20 uh, 2004 the original title yeah um yeah so uh so yeah it, um it again it's, it's another case of americans taking a movie and fucking with it and eroding what mattered about the the, the themes of the film yeah stop doing that remakers don't do that don't do it that's bad um don't don't drag matthew lillard down to your no level. how dare you, <laughs> you, you <laughs> yeah. keep our pure boy in perfect movies forever yeah like scooby-doo 2 monsters <laughs> unleashed or whatever it's called fuck off
<laughs> what, a, <laughs> what a terrible Eevee. But you don't think he's a good Shaggy? No, I think he's an amazing Shaggy. Um, I think he's brilliant. He's, he's great in those films. Um, and I, I, I actually do think that the original Scooby-Doo live action is a bit underrated. I think people... The 2002 Yeah, people one. give that what, that way too much hate. It's actually a pretty damn fun movie. Um, yeah, so go go I and agree. watch Scooby-Doo 2002. Yeah. It's well good. It's, it's good. well good. Oh, James Gunn did the screenplay. I did not yeah, know that. Yeah, um, yeah he did. That's Which might cool. explain part of the reason why it's so fun. Um, but he, I'm not just looking at pictures of him as Shaggy because it's funny. I mean, he's even just looking at it is funny. He's he is so good, isn't he? Yeah, um, with that hair, <laughs> <laughs> looking like a yeah, the bassist in a heavy, the new metal band. <laughs> <laughs> he does look a bit puddle of he just mud. Just needs to put a he? beanie on him. Yeah, because um, what, what's interesting is that James Gunn wrote Scooby Doo Two as well, which I think isn't a good movie, and I wonder why there's such I a discrepancy. It. It's it's not as it's not as good. Um, that, that said, I've not watched it since it came out. <laughs> um, and at that point I was probably a little bit too old for Scooby-Doo movies anyway. Um, so yeah. maybe it's better than I give it credit for. Um, but I remember the original being really good fun. Let, oh. Let's watch, let's watch Scooby-Doo. That's what we should do. Let's watch the two Scooby-Doo movies next. Is, is there any romance? Oh yeah, there? it's got old Daphne and, um, what's his face? <laughs> What's the what's the guy with the neckerchief called? Fred. Fred. Fred Durst. <laughs> Fred Durst. Yeah, yeah. Daphne and Fred Durst. <laughs> um, and then yeah, we keep this Matthew Lillard train going. Let's do a double bill. That's my that's my suggestion for you. If you don't have anything, <laughs> don't have anything lined no, up. No, I, I I do have oh, something. I do have what? something. Um, yeah. Sorry. Oh, so. Do we have any more? Yeah, before we get to that, do we have more to say on Wicked Park? I don't have anything more to say about Wicked Park, but I did go and see Emma this week. So, uh-huh. Emma full stop. So, short, short review. It's good. It's fun. It's beautifully directed. Everyone performs in it very well. Go see Emma. Cool. It's good. If I get to see it, we can talk about that at some yeah. point. But I don't know when I'm next going to get to the cinema. Yeah, no fret. Um, but yeah, so that was it. In uh, terms of... Uh, trivia for i've heard nothing but good things about it is, that and i wouldn't ordinarily be interested in a jane austen adaptation but it looks funny it is funny it's 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 funny it's not the favorite funny um but no. you know, there's some there's some good humor in it yeah. bill if it doesn't have a slow motion duck race I don't <laughs> exactly know. Bill, bill nye makes some good faces um you know and uh yeah and everyone in it is very very good too um cool so so trivia for this movie it's, it's not very good. It's a trivia. <laughs> um, it's bad. <laughs> um, so I mentioned Freddie Prince Jr. and uh, Paul Walker, but also apparently Brendan Fraser was once set to star and Joel Schumacher set to direct. Oh, wow. That would have been a okay. very different movie. Yeah, jeez. Um, uh, da- uh, Diane Kruger and Matthew Lillard would eventually go on to be in the show The Bridge, which I've heard is is a good show. Um, I've also heard good things about that. Uh, yeah, and that, that'll do. That'll do for trivia. Um, how are we going to rate this? Hmm. Let's see. How many flashbacks that you're not sure if they're flashbacks do you need to get to the airport? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, I am going to give this a solid... 
Mm, nine because this movie's bad but it made me think and i like that it made me think yeah that's that's something that's fair i I'll, i'll go a bit lower i'll go eight yeah that I think is fair. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not even halfway there because there's a lot about it. <laughs> there's a lot of confusing nonsense here. And but, but it it but, doesn't nearly fall into shit piece territory in terms of how no. bizarre it is. But it doesn't get close enough to shit piece to make it enjoyable. It's not hateful. No. But yeah, you're right. It's in that sort of <laughs> that shit piece gooch. <laughs> yeah, the shit piece it? gooch. That's where it sits. Um, <laughs> yeah. We need to think of other films that are in that category. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so so yeah so it's not great but there's something interesting about this movie and i'd recommend you go and find l'apartment because it is it is better mm. than this well how would you how would you rate that uh, i'd probably give that a maybe like a 13 14 um it's still got it's still okay. got some issues of bullshit creepy french men and bizarre inscrutable women which seemed to be a big feature of of 1980s and 1990s French movies. Um, yeah, what's new? But, but it was much more interesting, and I think thematically it was much more coherent and interesting as well. So yeah, it's, it's a better film, and it's got Vincent Cassel in it and Monica Bellucci, who are both great. So yeah, yeah, go watch that instead, or alongside it, like I did. At the same time, double screen. Yeah, it. double screen it. Double screen it. Yeah, that's what people do now. Yeah, you got your you got three screens. You're watching one on your phone, one on your TV, one on your iPad, one on your um, Nokia Engage, <laughs> one on your Engage. <laughs> Shout out to the Nokia Engage. Yeah, I'm still looking at pictures sp- of it. Spon- it sponsored it's by the Nokia Engage. <laughs> yeah, if they don't send us a free Nokia Engage I after this, I'm going to give be me furious. yeah. Send us a Nokia Engage and <laughs> send us uh, Sonic N. Was it? Sonic N. Send us Sonic N, or I'm just looking at what else. <laughs> send send us Call of Duty for the Nokia Engage because I'm sure that's a functional game that isn't a nightmare to play. Yeah, and FIFA. And there's, FIFA. There's got to be FIFA for it. Send us Operation Shadow or Warhammer Forty Thousand Glory and Death. Send us send us Warhammer what? Forty Thousand Glory and Death. <laughs> God, they had some shit on this thing. That sounds beautiful. Really bad. <laughs> beautiful. Uh, right, I'm going to spend the rest of my night looking at gameplay of Warhammer Forty Thousand Glory and Death. Really yeah, oh, they had there was a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater for it. Oh, bit of Tony Hawk, amazing. Yeah. Um, anyway, right. So, what are we watching next? <laughs> well, this is this is too late, really, but I'm going to go for it anyway. I didn't realize until this weekend that this year is a leap year. It's the first time that we've had a leap year in this podcast, and there's also a really shit film called Leap Year in which um, Amy Adams goes to Ireland and plugs her phone in and blows up the whole of Dingle, which friend of the podcast, um, Killian Curran, has asked us to review before. So I figured, why not? Oh, right. Let's do this. Oh, that's we'll a shame. I wish celebrate I'd... the just-gone leap day I wish I watching the film <laughs> Leap Year. <laughs> I wish I'd realised we had a leap year. That would have been really handy. It would have been Never good mind. timing. But I'm glad we watched um, Wicker Park. Excellent. That was cool. an interesting diversion. It was. It was. Okay, yeah, Leap Year. I've, uh, it's got people I like in. So yeah. a bit of Matthew Good, a bit of Amy Adams. 
Mm-hmm. I can see from the IMDb page that it includes cows, which is always a good sign. <laughs> that's, um, that's all you could want. <laughs> all you want. Matthew Good and cows. What more do you want from a film? Okay, cool. I'm excited about this. Let's do it. Brilliant. Cool. Nothing else to say then, really, is there? No. This is it. Go and listen to the stereophonics, everybody. Go and listen to the stereophonics and Coldplay. Go and play on your Nokia N-Gage and have a good time. Yep. <laughs> Stay safe out there. Yep. <laughs> Be cool. Excellent. Don't panic. No. Just keep playing Warhammer 40,000 Glory in Death and everything yep. will be okay. It's going to be fine. <laughs> we love you. We do. We love you very much. Yeah. And thanks a lot for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. As always, you can get in touch with us um, on Twitter at BigBoysDon'tPod, on emails at BigBoysDon'tCryPodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a ratings or reviews where you get your podcasts and all that stuff. And we'll be back next week to talk about Leap Year. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.